And I've been an entrepreneur since I was like really young, like three years old, I had my first business, right? And so for me, I've just always had that in me. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's talk about this being this, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, what, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced in your, in your journey so far and how have they molded you into what you're right now? Oh, um, like all the challenges. How long do we have to talk about all the challenges that exist, right? Like, <laughs> Let's talk about I, some of the key challenges <laughs> that you faced. <laughs> right, like, like today or in the last tip? Like, you know, the, that's the thing about it, though. Is if you ask someone, right, and they're like, oh, we don't, we don't have any challenges. They're lying. They're lying. Yeah. Something goes wrong on every single deal. There's always a surprise somewhere. Right. No matter how many deals you've transacted on, right? The last $100 million of deals were challenging in their own unique ways. And the first deal I ever did was really challenging. I think some of the challenges that we're seeing today, right? Like, and I'll, I'll be a little bit more technical when it comes to multifamily right now, um, where the market cycle is, right? Like we're at a more dangerous part of the market cycle than we've historically been in. And I think that we're seeing operators that maybe were not above board or did not do a great job of considering the risks and the responsibility of having capital. And I think that that is a big problem. Um, and I, I see it a lot now, right? And I did a call earlier today in our community about the right way to raise capital, for example. And when I started out, I did not have nearly as solid of an understanding as I do now. Thankfully, I had attorneys that could advise me, right? But now I can speak comfortably about what is allowed or not allowed or you know whatever it is and i think one of the things that is concerning for me and i think this is a challenge for all of us is when investors lose money like they did in that houston portfolio right it makes it harder for all of us it just does because investors get scared and rightfully so and they should be scared and they should be maybe at least more weary and more judicious with who they're investing with but I think that that is a challenge for all of us. Um, you know, it certainly made it harder for us than it has been historically in the past. Uh, so I think the market cycle is kind of one of those risks. I also, you know, I see a lot of coaching programs that come up literally overnight. And I'll say this about mentorship, like, yes, mentorship is the easy button. It's the shortcut. It is absolutely the rocket fuel that you need to get to the next level faster. But it has to be with the right person or the right mentorship group because you don't want to go and learn the wrong way from somebody who is teaching you the wrong way because it's easier or it's a short course or even worse because they don't know and you know there's right. a lot of mentorships with people who have done like one deal and that's risky for me um for lps more than anything so i think right. like that's a challenge man there's so many challenges so many i'm like <laughs> You know, we're trying to keep up with technology and like how fast AI is changing is making it easier and also simultaneously harder. Um, you know, I want to put out more content to help people and time is a restriction for me. And, you know, managing family and work life and balancing those is really difficult for me. So there's a lot of challenges I face and I have faced <laughs> forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I think there are challenges in everybody's lives. Yeah, for um, real. <laughs> um, Just different but I'm sets glad of that challenges. You brought up, yeah, 
But I'm glad you brought up that Houston deal and you brought up these different mentorships that can be slightly uh, dangerous when it comes to, you know, blind leading the blind. And again, it's not to say that, you know, I'm not kind of uh, pinpointing any particular mentorship. But, I, but say, you know, an investor comes out. I just want to talk about this dark side of multifamily, right? Over the last few years, we've seen so many operators come in and uh, so many new deals happening. And part of that was just because of the easing that was done on interest rates and, you know, with the, with the bonus depreciation that we were seeing. Everything was very pro these transactions happening, right? So a lot of interest was there in real estate. But what, as an investor, as an LP, as a limited partner, what should investors look for uh, when they're getting into these deals, when they're investing their money into these deals? Because, you know, everybody's going to say we conservatively underwrite. Like, what does that yeah. even mean? It's like nonsense. I laugh whenever I say that because sometimes I have to say it and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've said all day because nobody's like, oh, we were super aggressive and we don't think we're going to hit any of our targets, right? Like literally everybody says they're conservative. So the question really is, is how were you conservative, right? So I'll say, you know, we really conservatively underwrote this. These are the five metrics that we thought could have been much more aggressively underwritten. And we wrote underwrote them here so that even if we just perform here, we still hit our pro forma. But if we perform to market, we'll probably be doing better than expected, um, and it gives you leeway in operations because there's going to be something where you didn't really quite realize that it was going to be off a little bit, either negative or positive. So it all has to kind of balance out in the end. But um, I think that the first thing that LPs need to look at is who are you investing with? Right. Are you investing with a sponsor who is going to up and leave when things get tough? Or are they going to hunker down and are they going to really like be leaders through tougher markets, right? Like that's what you want to know. That's what you want to see. What's the integrity and character of the person that you're investing with? Because I think it's really all about the jockey more so than the horse. Um, of course, the horse is important, but the jockey is far more important. A great sponsor can take an okay deal and make it a great deal. A bad sponsor can take a great deal and make it an okay or a bad deal. Right. So it's people invest with who they know, like, and trust. And that's the cornerstone of anything that we do. You know, it's all relationship-based. And, you know, I think a lot of people then asking, like, well, if you don't have this long track record, how do you, you start investing in this space? And there's so many different ways, right? Like, you can have mentors that can serve as, like, your board of advisors. You can have mentorship that you can say, like, hey, look, I meet once a week or whatever it is with this person who advises me in this capacity. You can also bring on partners that have more experience than you until you get your track record and your resume built up a little bit, but you're relying on your knowledge base. So when you first start out, right. having the knowledge is far more critical than anything else because what happens is when you start, right, you're relying on your knowledge. So like, do I know what NOI is? Do I know how to explain what a T12 is, right? It's that knowledge base that you're relying on. And then what happens is as you get more and more experience, you can rely less on the knowledge base, but more on the experience and point to deals that were similar in the past or things you've seen over, your t over time. So it's just like a little bit of that knowledge to try to overcome the lack of experience. And then it flips. And now it's like, okay, I have the baseline knowledge that I need, 
but I have the experience and track record now to be successful going forward. Right. And um, Weena, so we basically, I want to I wanna also talk about the fact that um, some of the people listening to this show will be, uh, will be, you know, probably investing as limited partners, may not do deals actively, right? So what are some of the things that uh, you, think, you think investors should be asking, uh, which you don't see them asking in, in you know, when, they, when they're talking to a sponsor who's doing a deal? Yeah, first and foremost, I always ask about like track record and experience of the sponsors. Uh, secondly, if there's more than one person, in, like if I see a GP team where there's like four or five people, I always ask like, whose role is it to asset manage, right? Like if it's one or two partners, then it's easy, right? But if there's more than that, right. or if there's an equal number, and we've had this conversation, if there's an equal number of partners, who breaks the deadlock? Right. Do you have a mechanism in place? I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to know anything. I just want to know, is there a mechanism in place to break that deadlock? Um, Because for me as an LP, I see that as being a risk. I also now I ask about like, who's your securities attorney that put these documents together? Because I want to know, did you actually use an attorney and did you actually use a securities attorney, not just any regular attorney? Did you use someone who is specialized in making sure that we are protected? Um, and then, you know, after that, I ask more about like strategy. Are you, and I ask, are you investing in the deal or where, who, who are the GPs investing? How much do you have in the game? Um, you know, and, and the answer might sometimes be nothing and that's okay. When you're starting out, you might not have liquidity to invest. That's okay. But what I want to know is what is your answer to this, right? Like I want to see, are you right. going to be transparent with me and tell me the truth And I also look to the ethos of it. If I don't like talking to you now, probably not going to like talking to you that much for the next five years, right? And I look at the communication level. Before you have my money, how are you communicating with me? Are you doing what you say you're going to do? Because once a sponsor has your money, it's not going to get like infinitely better. If it's already bad, it's going to stay bad. Now, if it's good or decent or acceptable, it's probably going to stay at that level once you close the deal, and it may get better in that regard. But if they're already not communicating, not doing a good job of following up, they're probably not going to do that much when we're in business together. That's true. That's true. And I think um, even for the sponsors, um, when they're looking for potential investors, I think it becomes more important to look at them as partners and that's why they're called limited partners right more than the money that they bring to the deal because at that point in time the relationship is much more important yes money is important in a deal but i think relationships are infinitely more important and if you're not going to jive as you know even as a gp when you're interacting with a limited partner that person is probably not the right fit for you absolutely and i learned that the hard way um you asked about challenges i've had lps in my deal that i'm like why did I take you into this deal? Because they are very high maintenance to deal with. And here's what happens. And I I hate even saying this, but some LPs will ask questions that are beyond a normal level. Like I know generally what questions investors have, if any, like I see, so I have hundreds of investments and I know what's typically going to You know, and there's a range of normal. You always get this like one or two investors that just take it (laughs) to the next level in questions. And, you know, they they don't respect any kind of boundaries, right? Like they'll 
text you on like a Sunday at midnight and be asking you these questions that are like, well, but what is happening on unit 107 because the rent roll moved up by $100? I'm like, one, why do you even know this? You're an LP. Um, but two, this is beyond the normal scope of you know what information you should be privy to because what happens is if every investor asks me that, I have no time to operate the asset and I have no time to actually do the things that you as an investor really want me to be focusing on and doing. And so it becomes this like hamster wheel of you want to service your investors. You want to really take great care of them and communicate with them. But then you end up spending all your time doing that, that you can't actually do the thing that that investor is probably nervous about to begin with, which is the asset performing well. And it's like, you have to kind of explain that. But I think when you first start out, it's hard to not take in money that is willing to invest with you because you don't necessarily have that many options. Today, we, I, like, we have a blacklist of investors we just don't work with. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to. So. Well, I think I'm, I'm glad that you know, I've had um, these conversations with you in the past also because as I'm learning new skills and I'm growing in this space, I'm starting with this experience from you, right? I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I have yeah. already had these conversations and I understand that having these relationships is so much more important than the money that comes because the money will come. It's, and again, it, it, ties, it ties to the abundance mindset, right? There is enough money in the market to fund a good deal, but it's about understanding are you with the right set of people that you want to work with. Yeah. And you know, what I'll also say too is when you're starting out, like you just don't have the options, but if you can really switch to that abundant mindset early on, it will be game changing for you because then you won't have to do what I did and take in investors that just waste time by asking. And a lot of times it's questions. They don't even understand the question. They don't know why they're asking me this question. And I'm like, okay, I need to explain. I, like, that's my fault. Then I didn't educate you well enough. And one thing I'll tell you is tried and true is the smaller the check writer, the more questions they're going to give you. The larger the check, the less you will hear from that investor every time. You're not the first person who's told me that. It's <laughs> true. Me. It's true. So, but anyway, um, Vina, how can people find you? Um, so you can find us in our community, Mastering Multifamily with Vina Jetty. It's my favorite corner of the internet, and I definitely am in there way more than anybody who runs a business should ever be on Facebook. So I, if that doesn't tell you how amazing it is and how much I love it, you know, all the people in there, I get to hang out and interact. And then also on social media, I'm Vina Jetty on, like, all the things, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, B-E-E-N-A-J-E-T-T-I. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Veena. This was such a fun conversation with you. And, you know, it was, I'm glad that we connected again on my podcast and uh, really thank you for coming and, uh, you know, joining my show. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. We have to do it again. We will for sure. I, I, think, I think we should do a live. I think we should do like an Instagram live or something let's at some point it. in time. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm let's here do for it. that. You know, I'm all about collaborating. So let's do it. I'm already over the hump of recording videos, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you are just blowing up on social media, and I'm so proud of you. You've done a great job getting all of this into place, so kudos to you, because this is hard. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye. All right, guys, if you haven't done already, please go check out my free video series on how to do due diligence on operators and on deals before investing in them. It's called Real Estate Rx for Passive Investors, and it's available at www.rerxcourse.com.